listening to the Loving BDSM podcast, episode 323. Kayla Lords here with the one, the only, the sadist who beat my ass while giggling, John Brownstone. And enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, yes, I noticed. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging and pleading for my life, and you're like, Mwah! Yeah. Yeah. As it, as it goes around here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This week, uh, we're not talking about that, although I will be thinking about it for a while, just saying. Uh, <laughs> can I keep my eyes fully open? No, too relaxed. Anyway, uh, before we take a break next week, this week we're going to do uh, an episode that y'all seem to really enjoy and certainly gets my blood pumping. <laughs> we're responding to the BDSM side of Reddit. Welcome to the Loving BDSM Podcast. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. Loving BDSM is produced every Friday for your kinky pleasure and education, and show notes are found at lovingbdsm.net. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite podcast app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LovingBDSM, on FetLife at LovingBDSMPC, on Instagram at that handle I will forever fucking hate, LovingDS in the number one, it's at LovingDS1, or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash LovingBDSM, where you can watch us live stream the podcast every Wednesday. All links are in the show notes. Big thanks, as always, to our kinky patrons over on Patreon, including our newest peeps. We're able to keep doing this weird thing on the internet, in large part because of our kinky community. And we are grateful for every fucking one of you. <laughs> if you'd like to join our kinky community and get access to extra content and a Discord server with a group of super cool, super nice kinksters, you can. Just join us at patreon.com slash Kayla Lords. That's patreon.com slash Kayla Lords, or use the link in the show notes. Okay, before we get into this week's episode, I do have a couple of legit actual announcements. Wow. I know. One is that this Friday, September 16th, I checked a calendar before we actually started recording, uh, is our Friday night YouTube hangout, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. We go until about midnight hour time. Uh, The first 30 minutes is just us like unwinding a little bit and then at around 10 o'clock we will take questions and turn it into a Q&A and when there are no questions because lulls happen we'll chit chat what do we chit chat about basically everything we have had uh hard-hitting debates on pie uh we have a geeked out over whatever tv shows uh Mm -hmm, hit our mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. geeky self um music has come up what else everything everything bacon there was a poll last time about bacon (laughs) and the correct answer which is that crispy bacon is the correct way to eat and cook and consume your bacon one uh did i have to like be a little underhanded sure but it won and that's all that matters because it was the correct answer we're house divided on our bacon uh this friday uh silent winged and x sent us a literal bag of uh dicks candy gummies they will be consumed uh, on the street mm-hmm. i've been holding them since they arrived uh the 17 year old is like will you save me one of your gummy dicks i would like to eat one too <laughs> and i was like I've either done this parenting thing so right or so wrong, and I don't know which. So uh, is it chaotic on the the third Friday night, this coming Friday for the month of September? Yes. Yes. Uh, Is it also fun? Uh, For those of us who stick around, it sure is. I'm sure we we scare off some folks. That's okay. We like it when people self-select out and go, no, this is not for me. It's fine. We're not offended. Um, And also we try to help uh, folks as best we can while having a good time. That is this Friday. Uh, If you're subscribed 
subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hopefully notifications work, but you know, let, let us not hold our breath. If mm-hmm. you're subscribed to the newsletter, email newsletter, I put the link there. Uh, podcast listeners, I put the link in the show notes. I try to make it as easy as I can to find it for those who want to be a part. There we go. The next announcement. We're on a break next week. Uh, we're not actually not working. You will be in your shop. Yeah. Left, right, and center. We're just not streaming, not recording. I'm not writing. I have no deadlines for any freelance writing. Mm-hmm. That, that part of it is a week off. Um, so, yeah, we will not be around next week. But we'll be back the following week. So, there you go. Okay. Okay. So, now... You're going to do your part. I'm going to put the fan back on. So we don't melt in here. Because you can have autumn vibes all you want. I support you. If uh, I don't care (laughs) what your temperature is. If you need to wear a cozy sweater and drink a hot drink, I think you should. But it's Florida and we're still very hot. (laughs) Um, So we are uh, doing a BDSM Reddit response reaction. I'm still never sure what to call it. Um, From the BDSM side of reddit uh, all these questions came from the subreddit called bdsm advice links will be in the places um for youtube it's just the link to the, the subreddit for podcast listeners i'll link to the different posts if you'd like but i might just maybe i'll just do the subreddit i don't know i'll make up my mind and it'll be a surprise for all of us by <laughs> the time this episode is out um a big thanks to both silent wing and delicate twine for sending uh posts in basically going you tell me what you think Uh, (laughs) and i'm i'm good with that that saves me from having to comb through weeks and months of the subreddit when i when we're ready to do these episodes so if you spend time on the bdsm side of reddit and you come across one and you're like oh kayla will have thoughts and opinions on this one you are welcome to uh email them links to those to us and i try not to lose them in my inbox delicate twines got lost from the last I received it before the last BDSM Reddit episode. Mm. It got lost in the inbox. We finished that episode. I was going through the inbox. I went, oh, shit. That is how I have it this time. So uh, what we do is I'm going to read them. Uh, JB has no clue because I'm the one that organizes this. And then we (laughs) will talk through them. Two of them are very similar, but I still did them both anyway because they touch on different parts of a similar topic. So when that happens, you'll... Well, no. And also, we're very chaotic today. And what are words? And I can't seem to get them out in the right order. So this will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Okay. okay this one uh, is called Angry That My, the Dom, this person's the Dom, Angry That My Limits Weren't Respected. Mm. Say, so can't work out if I'm overreacting here. I had a session with a new sub a week ago. He was keen to rush in and meet. I took some time to gauge his interests and limits and planned accordingly. He had the place to himself unexpectedly, so we had a spontaneous meet at his place. Things went pretty well for our first time. I thought we both enjoyed ourselves. I got a bit creative within his limits, made him work for what he wanted, and felt comfortable bossing him around and verbally abusing him. I'm not very experienced as a dom or a sub. I switch, by the way. One of my limits is that I only play sober with sober partners. I'd hate myself if I accidentally hurt someone because I'd had a drink, for example. This is on the profile he saw before contacting me. I turn down guys who want chem sessions. Over coffee after 
afterwards, this guy tells me he was high during our session. He'd taken something before I arrived. I wasn't sure how to feel at the time. Now I feel pissed off with him and pretty angry. On the one hand, I didn't notice he was on something, so I'm not sure it made any difference. On the other hand, not respecting a limit is a pretty big red flag for me. I don't intend to play with this guy again for this reason. I'm weighing up whether to tell him why. It feels a bit dramatic, but if I don't, how will he ever learn to respect a dom's limits? Am I overreacting? There is an edit okay. that I will read later. Let's pretend we don't know what the edit is. Okay. Based on the initial thing, what do you think? Um, on the initial thing, I think um, that's definitely a big red flag. Um, anytime somebody, um, even even over the over the counter medication or prescription medication. Uh, you know, you as the dominant, you should know. Right. If what, something's going to affect what. their their demeanor, their right. focus, their concentration, their or even, health, even or whatever. Their, even their, their pain their level. Sur- right. You or, know, mm-hmm. different things like that. Um, you know, so many different things that, that can be affected. Um, you know, it, it's something we've talked about before. You know, regardless of what, what you do, there is a risk in in this play mm-hmm. you know and you f- throw something into the mix that sure you know can can change that risk factor um it, it it's definitely something that that needs to be brought up before do, any kind of play do and i agree i agree completely do you think knowing that this person had no clue like the their interaction with the person during the scene did not tip them off and they only knew afterwards yes it's still a limit Mm -hmm. it still needs to be respected i have a thought on a little bit of that in a second um but do you think that it's is it a a mistake or is it crossing a boundary meaning Mm -hmm. is it is it overcomable i think is what i mean um Okay. Like, don't do it again. Like you did yeah. it. Okay, don't do it again. I mean, I, I've got a couple other thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things, you know, he mentioned he did not notice anything during the scene. Mm-hmm. You know, that there was there was any difference. Um, I, I think this was the first time they played together. Yes. You know, so how would he notice any difference? Because he has no baseline True. To, to go by. We don't know their gender. Go with they. Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, they, they have no baseline to go by and, you know, um, the fact that nothing happened, I consider that lucky. Gotcha. Okay. Now, as for this, um, you know, being unforgivable, so to speak, um, it depends on the person. Sure. Sure. Okay, uh, you know, they said they were going to talk to them, bring it up, and, and you know, and I think it's going to be um, what the response is sure. on this. You know, uh, that that's definitely kind of disrespecting somebody's boundaries. I agree, but here, and this... Um, we're, let's just be honest. I, I read ahead, y'all, because I put these <laughs> together after they were sent to me. But also, let, let me point something out. The only okay. way that this dom says that that limit was communicated was written in their bio. Now, 
I think personally that yes, you should read a person's bio. <laughs> I think that that alone can weed out people who are not paying attention to the details mm-hmm. that are important to you. Right. I think that is a, a valid way to go, are you worth my time? Did you read my bio? Right? Sure. Okay. I think that's fine. However, when we're talking limits, personally, I think there should have been been a reiteration of the limits. Writing it for somebody to read before they've had a conversation with mm-hmm. you does not necessarily mean that they're going to remember it if you never discuss it. Now, that being said, my uh, advice to somebody who's going to scene for with somebody for the first time is before you get high, maybe check in with a partner and go, I, I was going to do this. Yeah. Is this an issue? Mm-hmm. But if you don't know, okay, you don't know. So... I still think that it's fine for that person to be upset because they don't want to play with somebody who is not sober and they did state their limit somewhere. Mm -hmm. But I think any limit, but certainly some limits may be important enough that maybe we, we mention them. Well, absolutely. Um, and, And this was something I picked up from when I used to attend the rope group, um, before play, you know, ask them, have you eaten? Have you gone to the bathroom? Right. Are you um, hydrated? You know, are you hydrated? Right. Um, have you taken anything? Sure. And I think you know, this person says they're new. The other person's new. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of honest mistakes that just happen when you're yeah. new. Things that you go through and then go, okay, next time I'll handle this differently. differently. Now there was an edit. Okay. So I'll read now. This is uh, edited to add. We spoke and cleared it up. He hadn't read my profile that carefully, but acknowledged he should have told me before, not after. And now I know I need to be clear about my limits and interests up front. Everything they say about communication and BDSM <laughs> is right, eh? Um, so, what, yes, of course, I had read that, but also I'd read the comments and people were pointing out, wait, this you only wrote write this? You don't actually have this conversation? Mm-hmm. I think it's fine to have both. I, again, I think it's, quite frankly, me, I'd be like, wait, you barely read my profile? There's some important information in yeah. there. Um, but well, not everybody will be that much of a stickler for those kinds mm-hmm. of details. And that's, you know, I mean, I, I hate to say it, you know, reading a, a profile is is right up akin to reading an email. Yeah. You know, you're going to glance through it. I know. I don't have a lot of patience for people who don't read emails closely either, but that's the <laughs> communications person in me. So, I mean, how, uh, how many times have you out there... Uh, written something down, sent it to the person, and then it was clear they didn't read it because you then had to repeat yourself in a follow-up. That that mm-hmm. happens to all of us. <laughs> so yeah. it's one of those things where I don't think it's a problem to put your limits and expectations in a, a written format on FetLife, on your dating profile, on wherever. But I would say just beginner mistake here from the Dom's perspective that still warrants being a conversation. Yeah. Because you want to make sure certain things are clear. Sure. So... Okay, so not rant worthy, but certainly interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. next one. Okay, this one is um, a little like, like it's it's got depth to it. So, okay. um, and yeah. Okay, oh. here we go. Mm. Reevaluating my kinks as a woman in my relationship and feeling many things need advice. Okay. 
Okay, I know that I should be talking with my partner about this, but I truly don't know how to express what I'm feeling correctly. So I was wondering if I could have some advice. My partner and I have been together for six months. He's act, he's usually an amazing partner, but some time ago, I found out that he was masturbating to nudes of other women. I was extremely hurt by this, but I tried to move past it. Something he said to me that really scares me is that he didn't see those women as people. I don't know what it is about what he said, but I feel deeply afraid when I remember that. Later, this is a technically small, but we were watching a movie that he said he really enjoyed. I noticed some pretty sexist undertones and I pointed it out and he was already in a really bad mood that day from things unrelated to the relationship. When I pointed them out, he said, can't I just enjoy the movie? Like he didn't want to notice the sexist aspects of the movie. I don't know why, but that sort of triggered me to remember what he said previously. And I've been just feeling a mix of disgust, fear, and confusion. I'm usually pretty kinky and I'm super into submission, being choked, being a slave, objectification, but I feel like it's suddenly come to a screeching halt. It's almost like I don't want being submissive to be a default forced onto me. And I don't actually want to be not a real person during sex. And I feel like I sign up for all my kinks, hoping that there is a special bond between me and my partner uh, and not just the way he ascribes the role of women categorically to be. I feel horrible thinking about my kinks. Has anyone gone through this? There is um, an edit. Mm -hmm. I will read that. I don't remember it now. So I don't know if it's like a spoiler and or anything, but here we go. Edit. There were some really great comments that helped me process what exactly I was feeling and you all were right. It wasn't that I'm not into my kinks. I felt a lack of trust. I spoke to him about this and he has fully acknowledged how the things he said had some sexist thinking and he wants to become more educated. Regarding the movie incident, he did say he was having a really bad day and just wanted to thoughtlessly watch the movie, but he did realize how he could enjoy it without noticing how noticing due to his privilege. I really appreciated everyone commenting, blah, blah, blah. So I think, yeah, the, the very first thing that comes to mind is to hear the things coming from your partner's mouth and to immediately have that kind of reaction. My first thing is, oh, there the trust. Something has happened mm-hmm. to either not build that trust or break that trust somewhere because that's a very real valid reaction, but it's a very right. visceral one. And you kind of have to go, what, what has happened for that to be where your mind went? And it's a, it's a, it's a problem of trust, which to me is like, slow down your relationship, either mm-hmm. keep working on it to build, don't do anything kinky until you feel comfortable or use this as a way to go, are we really compatible? Um, <laughs> si- since there was a spoiler and I'd forgotten it about the trust angle, I would like to dig into a little bit, not the fact that that she was bothered. I think that's a, a valid thing. There's you know, stuff she's gone through, stuff she worries about. I'm not going to try to argue those points. Mm-hmm. The things that she pointed out that bothered her, though, those right. specific things, not whether she should have been bothered or not, not even going there. That's kind of the thing I'd like to talk about. So masturbating to nudes of other women, which is one part of it, and then saying they're not even like real people to me and... Where, yeah. where, let's start there. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? I, I mean, the whole thing of saying they're not real people. Wow. I know. I know. Wow. <laughs> I know. It's like, Ooh. I mean, I get that there can be, it's kind of for some people, uh, part of the problem with porn. There's a, a disconnect between understanding that those are mm-hmm. real live breathing people with their own feelings and wants and needs and whatever versus... Right a two-dimensional fantasy that you can just, they, you know, and 
there's nothing wrong with having the fantasy aspect of it, but there, I, I think that it's probably important to understand that your fantasy is also not the reality and to be able to mm-hmm. see the difference between the two and be able to articulate yeah. that is going to be important when you're talking to other people about the things you desire, because I think otherwise you're going to mm-hmm. come across as a misogynistic douche. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're not, <laughs> I, yeah. you're certainly going to come across it, that way. Yeah. I, I mean that I, I can't think of the word, but I mean, that is, you know, everybody, regardless of, of gender, how they identify who take pictures and, and, you know, post them in places like FetLife or OnlyFans. Um, you know, they do it for their own reasons. Right. Okay. Um, doesn't make them less. Sure. Of, of a real person. On the flip side, people masturbate to those images or videos or whatever mm-hmm. for their own reason. And their reason doesn't have to be <laughs> tasteful. It doesn't have to be something anybody else agrees with. It gets to kind of be their own reason. I do think that the, the, the thing that has to be remembered is when you're going to communicate that to somebody, like mm-hmm. they're going to like, I don't know. It's, it's, maybe a more nuanced conversation than I don't even see them as human beings. Right. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh now, my gosh. I do think it's people uh, from what I've seen on the, on the internet discourse, people fall on all kinds of line, sides of this, of, you know, masturbating to other images or to videos or to whatever. And my thing is, is that while I personally don't give two fucks if that's what you do. The reason I don't give two fucks is because we are open and we talk about it. Mm-hmm. If this was a thing that bothered her and she never said it, she needed to say it. Right. If she had said it and said, I, I don't like this, like, I don't care if you masturbate or, or whatever that conversation is, but, you know, this bothers me in some way. Um, then I feel like, well, are we in, you just violated a limit? You just did a thing you Mm -hmm. said you would not do. Now there's definitely a separate conversation to be had about policing your partner's masturbation habits. Yeah, That's a different conversation and I have strong opinions about that. But so part of me is like, okay, was the upset because it's a thing that before he said that these women were not even people to him, which, (laughs) yeah, okay, just no, no, we we don't, no, that's probably not the best thing to say. Um, Had it ever been communicated? Um, about masturbatory habits. Mm -hmm. Um, Could this person have known that they were going to do something that upset their partner if it was never said them? I'm not, I understand if somebody's like, but a lot of people are automatically upset about that. It's, you probably should just assume, but I'm also like, no, we're all grown ups here. If you're grown up enough to play with kink, you're grown up enough to have a fucking conversation about, do you masturbate? And here's how I feel. And here's the thing that I think, you know, maybe would bother me or here, you know, how Mm -hmm. do you like, you can have those conversations. So I, again, there's no right or wrong here on her being upset about what she saw and what he said. But I do think it's like, mm, that should have, that needs to be a conversation. But also, mm, deeper conversation about let's not police our partner's masturbation habits. Right. Masturbation is not cheating. I think, I think the Loving BDSM audience would know that. But there are way too many people who think that masturbating and even 
halfway thinking of another human being that is not your partner is air quote cheating like yes i have strong opinions that it's not it's not at all <laughs> okay so then um the next part was the movie and it having sexist undertones and him being like i just want to enjoy this movie can i say as somebody who yes absolutely can pick apart a movie sometimes and be like oh my god this is ridiculous sometimes i just want to watch a movie too <laughs> i, I kind of i feel like it was one of those things where there's already something going on for her where her trust is drastically diminished just not even there maybe you know broken completely mm -hmm. and so then it becomes everything takes on deeper meaning than maybe it would in a diff you know if things were different right but i can't be mad at him that in the moment he was like i don't really want to talk about the sexist of this movie can we can we talk about that later yeah. <laughs> can i just enjoy i mean some of us just enjoy trash media i'm not gonna tell you secretary was the best representation of bdsm <laughs> i will never say that I'm gonna say, can I please sit here and watch it? We can debate it later, but right now, I'm feeling a way about what's happening on the screen. Right. Because your fantasies can be completely different from how you feel about reality. Because true, true. my fantasy has, I don't fantasize often, but when I do, there's so much degradation. Like there's, <laughs> so, and in the fantasy, it's not even consensual. Like it's, it's, it's dark up in the brain sometimes. <laughs> I would never want that in real life. I might not even want to see that portrayed in media in some way, in a movie or a TV show. Mm -hmm. Like I might not even be comfortable with that. Yeah. But what I fantasize about and what gets me hot and turned on, I hope does not like somehow represent who I am as a person and how I think that, you know, people in general should be treated either. Yeah. Again, this goes back to something has happened either in her past or between them and trust is just crumbling because everything takes on deeper meaning. Yeah. But also outside of this, when you're not kind of going through something and maybe you're with another partner where the trust is established, let's be clear. The things that turn us on, excite us, our mindless media are not always representative of who we are as a person. You can like trash movies <laughs> and still be an open, inclusive, and, uh, you know, uh, welcoming human being to other human beings. You know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. I, 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 I mean, sympathized with him there. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, you can pretty much watch almost anything mm -hmm. and find something to pick apart about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that doesn't mean to say that there are things out there that are so blatant. You're like, whoa, this, you know, sure. kind of. But, you know, if, if you look hard enough, you can find something in almost anything. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Because the media that is made is made by human beings who are out there existing. And we, even those of us who are trying very hard, will definitely have some beliefs, some opinions, some ways of looking at the world that are not as open and inclusive as we even would like them to be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think I, th I, the thing I'm curious about in this whole situation is, was he aware before she finally talked to him that something wasn't right? Not mm -hmm. the extent to what was going on for her and how she was feeling. Like he right. wouldn't have known that till she said something. Sure. But had something happened where he might, if he was kind of paying attention and I, I'm all for 
both partners paying some fucking attention in a relationship, <laughs> um, that something wasn't quite right because it's one of those things of, are you so oblivious to your partner that she's clearly going through something and you're like, I'm just having a bad day. I want to watch a movie and never once go, is everything okay? And I know not everybody knows how to read other people like that. And if you haven't been together long enough, it's even harder Mm because you don't quite know your partner's typical baseline of behavior and mood. And like, I get all that. But was this something that was just sort of being completely hidden and he's clueless and just trying to live his life imperfectly, uh, clearly. Um, or was he just completely oblivious and obtuse and just let let her clearly be some yeah. kind of level of upset and never questioned it? If it's that, I'm less impressed. Because <laughs> then it becomes all these things that start adding up together to create a, an idea of the character of this person. Like, we can all have trash opinions. We can mm-hmm. all not care about a thing in a moment. We can all in artfully word something and it upset the other person Mm -hmm. that can happen to all of us but also if this is happening over and over again and it's upsetting your mood at some point i need to be aware just enough to go is everything okay i mean you know it 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 does say and know that they had been together for just six months Mm -hmm. which is not a long time Mm -mm, mm -mm. you know so they are still in the in the learning yeah phase and and not that you don't learn throughout i mean hell we we're together now you know feels like forever and we're we're still learning you didn't have to say it like that (laughs) saying that we've been together forever should be followed by birds uh twittering and the harp playing and the light brightening up and probably and a rainbow don't don't forget the butterflies flitting yes, yes. okay and okay. and glitter somehow glitters in the air i don't know how but it's there yeah that yeah. that's how you should say that in reference to us <laughs> but yes like i get it there's they are still learning a lot and quite yeah. frankly i'm i i'm the edit i'm glad they talked i'm mm-hmm. glad that he was willing to talk and to sure. take some of that in because that to me is an indicator that maybe that they can they can move past this they, and grow they, together. They can work through it, yeah. Because if the end result is she tried to have a conversation and he blew her off, then that tells you what you need to know about this relationship. Now, before we move on, there is a third part about her concerns about um, being submissive and wanting that, but also seeing him through this lens of all this misogyny and, and sexism, mm-hmm. how to rethinking her submission. And you and I, I think... And experienced kinksters, I think, will already understand the difference here. The difference is she was fearful of something that was clearly uh, lacking consent. And what she is turned on by is the stuff she consents to. And that's a big part of it. If she's mm-hmm. not trusting him, maybe she is now, maybe not. Yeah. But at the time of writing this, there was clearly a breakdown of trust. There was a breakdown of Correct. communication. And she was imagining him to be a certain type of person and that certain type of person does not respect consent. You know what? My little subby feels would have dried the fuck up too. It is, yeah. it, <laughs> uh, being in that kind of environment with a person that you don't trust and you don't think will respect consent, mm-hmm. it, it's hard to let go of control and let them do yeah. some things to you. So but, that makes sense to me that, that she felt that way. Well, yes and no. I mean, you, you said the word assumptions. Mm-hmm. You know, and and assumptions come from not knowing. Sure. And, right. and, and, not and they're not and not communicating. Right. 
But I also understand if you have built this, you're having these feelings in your head, you're seeing all these little details come together and you're crafting this story in your head of who this person is mm -hmm. and what they think and what this means. And that's a person you're trying to have a relationship with where you are submissive to them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that uh, river's going to dry right the fuck up. It's not even a, a yeah. for, I can relate to that because for me, it's not just a, a fear of it, of what might happen. It's a, I don't even want to because the picture she's painting in her mind of this person, and it might be a very accurate picture. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Is somebody who's not going to respect her, not going to respect her submission, not going to respect her as a human being, somebody she can't trust. Yeah. And that's, I, I it's sad that in that moment she was like what's wrong with me maybe i'm not as kinky as i think i am when it's instead of understanding that that was a, a direct response to who she perceived this person mm -hmm. to be and it's it goes back a little bit to the when people ask the question of how can you be a feminist and a, and a submissive and you know with a male partner well it's about choice and consent like Submission's not being forced on me. It's not subjugation. Mm -hmm. It's not an expectation that is because of the fact that I'm a woman. It's, there's mutual respect. We're equals in this and mm -hmm. there's trust and I get to choose it of my own free will. And the mo and clearly the moment she was like, am I, am, do I get to choose this of my own free will? Or is this what he thinks relationships are mm -hmm. like? That desire was just no longer there. And I don't fucking blame you. And I think that that's, there's nothing wrong with using that as a sign, y'all. <laughs> Is this a person I should be with? Well, if you are dreading yeah. the act of submission or domination with that person because of who you think that person is, I think that's a sign. Do they work it out? Does Is it a miscommunication? Is it her previous bad tapes for her? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes just let me watch the trash movie. We'll debate it later. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, next question. Oh, this one sounds like one thing, but let us get through to it okay. because it's something else. Okay. My husband just told me he's a dom and I'm seeking answers. Mm. My husband, together seven years, married three and a half, just told me he's been in a dom-sub relationship for 10 years. Initially, I was very upset and thought he was just cheating, which I have past trauma with. We had a healthy, open conversation so I could get more info as I'm unfamiliar with all of it and I'm feeling more understanding, but curious. He said it's not intimate or sexual and they have boundaries and are respectful of sticking to them. He explained it in a way I understood, but I still want more info. As someone who is not into this lifestyle, will we be able to maintain a happy relationship and make this work? Is anyone else in a relationship with one in the lifestyle and one not? How can I support him and also make sure I feel secure and comfortable. I don't want to lay down the hammer, but I'd like to understand more. Let me just say something. Y'all known one another for seven years. You've been mm -hmm. married th for three and a half and he's been in a power exchange relationship with another human being for, for 10, 10 years, years. And you're just now finding right. out. Look, kick the whole motherfucker out, okay? Just, <laughs> because here's the thing. The question is not, can I be in a vanilla relationship with somebody who is in a power exchange and make that work? The answer is, yeah, you could, but how the fuck do you trust him? Right. Seven years right. and never mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Like been hiding a big ass secret. Right, and that, that is seven a big- Seven fucking years. That is a big secret. Because it's not about having the 
the relationship. It's about hiding it yeah. and lying about it. Right. What the actual fuck? I mean, you know, it. it's... Um, yeah, wow. Are um, you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Um, wow, that blows my mind. It, it really does. Um, yeah, that, that should have been a conversation way That's before. Like, I've decided that maybe we can, I can see something and I've, I'm feeling a connection to you. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you this thing about me right. so that you get to make fully informed choices for yourself. Right. That's what this motherfucker did. He mm-hmm. took away his now, I don't know, spouse's. Ability to choose this life, to right. learn for themselves before mm-hmm. committing right. in a very legal way, a very civil yeah. government red tape kind of way. Mm-hmm. He, he took that choice, choice away, from, away her. from her. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if, yeah, in other circumstances you can make it work. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. if we're not looking at the fact that liar, liar, pants on fucking fire take that out and we just look at the question yeah is it difficult as fuck absolutely is it gonna be the right choice for everybody hell the fuck no Mm -mm. just because open relationships non-monogamy whatever whatever are finally kind of getting more attention still does not make the mainstream it should not be an automatic expectation Mm -hmm. whether you're kinky or not everybody should have the right to go that is not for me let me yeah uh, i mean i move myself i I find it he took away her fucking choice i i found it kind of ironic that you know he he tells his partner that well you know we we were, it's not sexual, it's not intimate, and we respect boundaries. But well, not, theirs. not theirs. I yeah. respect the boundaries of my submissive, but not my legally married spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Make that make fucking sense. Oh, God, why is this person not more pissed off? Right. I, I would like them to please be more pissed mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. Because it's like the... The trust, the respect, and the honesty seems to be okay in the relationship with the submissive, but not with his wife. But see, now I have questions. Does the submissive know? Right. Is this motherfucker in the middle going, I'll just have whatever I want, and I won't tell no damn body, and Mm. I want to know what kind of person you are that you can lie with a straight ass face for a minimum of seven years, but maybe ten years? Maybe Maybe the submissive doesn't know. I can't, I can't automatically assume that now, because... You've literally been lying to the person you are now married to. Mm-hmm. The enti- the entirety of the relationship. Knew it when you met him. And didn't think you should say anything? <laughs> That's a, I want my fucking cake and eat it too. I don't have to care what you think. I'm going to get want what I b- want. Want the best of both worlds. Without the hassle. Yeah. And also, I've now got questions. A person who can have that big of a secret... And have apparently a relationship that could survive 10 years, seven of the, this with this other person mm-hmm. having a partner. I want to know uh, how the hell you lie with such a straight face. Yeah. Because you've most of the time when somebody starts cheating and lying or, or has been or whatever, it crumbles because they fuck up. They, you know, they get a detail wrong. They crumble under the pressure, like whatever. What, something happens. that doesn't seem necessarily to have been how this went down. So this person is a stone cold liar. Yeah. How could I ever yeah. believe another word that came out of that person's mouth? 
And I'm sorry, from the submissive perspective, I, like I get it. And this is tricky because I know plenty of people who have found kink while they were married and started relationships with other people and they were, they were cheating on their, their partner. And it was, you know, there were all these factors and it's, it's nuanced and it's difficult and it's not a black and white, like you're all bad, all good. Like it's, it's not that. I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> but as a, as a submissive with trust issues, cause I can only speak from my perspective. Yeah. If I get to watch you lie to another partner for the entirety of the relationship about me, mm -hmm. how the fuck do I, ever think you're not lying to me at some point because you're yeah. too goddamn good at it T took this person seven years to find out you're too fucking good of a liar now mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. nope on the other side of that mm -mm. from my perspective i know not everybody sees the world the way i do yeah but i just are are you fucking kidding me throw the whole person out with trash just <laughs> clean house oh yeah and the reality is to the actual question being asked, yeah, you can. Because power exchange isn't always sexual. Mm -hmm. It's very intimate, but it's not always sexual. It's going to require, just like any other non-monogamy situation, a shit ton of communication, being honest about your feelings, working through your own feelings, figuring out your boundaries as you go. Because um, the thing you thought you were okay with, you might not be okay with when it actually happens. Like all those things are true. But if we're not starting from the baseline of total fucking honesty, nope. Throw the whole motherfucker out. Anything you'd like to add to that one? <sighs> there was there was the Kayla rant. Okay. Uh, this question, this one is going to be similar to one in a couple, like, towards the end, but we're gonna do them separate anyway because mm -hmm. they hit on different parts of this kind of conversation. So here's this one. Afraid about being older when starting out, they're 33 female. First of all, 33 is not older, okay? Right? I still remember 33, it was a great goddamn year. Nothing about it, I was not old at all. Nothing about that made me older, nothing. Just I just wanna put that out there. 30s, you hold on to them, you cherish your fucking 30s. They're gone too soon. Okay, here we go. Afraid about being older when starting out, 33 female. Hi, does anybody have some reassurance to give me? I've probably been interested in kink slash BDSM for as long as I can honestly remember. Although I've always loved sex, I do find talking about it very difficult. I was never in an environment where sex was acknowledged as something that exists, uh, even let alone BDSM. Fast forward quite a lot of years and I'm married and utterly, utterly unsatisfied with my sex life and have seemed to lost all sexual connection with myself. I've worked on myself and my communication skills a lot throughout the years and realized what I really feel I need is sex, including BDSM. I love my husband very much, but he's not going to be able to help me with this. I have his full blessing to explore this on my own though. So I'm going to my first munch this week. I'm so excited, but also afraid, which is normal, I suppose. I feel like an absolute beginner at an age where I feel I'm supposed to be more experienced. I don't even really know what I'm looking for either and will be sure to express that honestly. I'm afraid people will look down at me for being closeted for this long because that's honestly what it feels like. I also know I'm probably overthinking this a lot, but I didn't get to wait this long before exploring this part of myself without the help of my anxiety. All nice, but also all honest words would be much appreciated. So when did I figure out any part about my sexual self? 32. I had to kick mm -hmm. the previous husband to the fucking curb and then went, well, let's go do something about this. <laughs> uh, while 
it is not everybody who turns 30 something that goes, oh, I'm gonna figure out my sex life. I've met a shit ton of people yeah. since the age of 32 uh, who have gone through something similar. They were either in their 30s, sometimes their 40s, 50s, 60s, beyond, mm-hmm. because life fucking happens and we live, if you're in Western society and culture at all, we live in a society that demonizes sex. Hardly anybody gets good sex education. We certainly don't t- yeah. talk as a as a general rule openly and honestly about sex. And so you know what? If you're in your 30s and you're just now figuring out what you're into and tr- going, you know what? I'd like to have better sex than I'm having. <laughs> you are not alone. Quite frankly, anybody who can come in, to, like start from their teenage years into adulthood with a sense of who they are sexually and kink and BDSM and whatever, 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 you are more fortunate than you know, uh, and we are all very happy for you, but we don't understand you because most of us, how old were you when you kind of finally went, oh. Well, <laughs> I mean, for me, it was a little different. I was I was doing kinky things in my 20s, mm-hmm. had no understanding of what I was doing and why I liked it. Right. Okay. And it wasn't until, let's see, um, Probably wasn't until my mid to late 30s. Mm-hmm. There's something about those 30s. Yeah. I, it's not universal. I know that. But mm-hmm. man, there's a lot of us that it's in our 30s. We went, wait. And, <laughs> you know, um, I, I see that. I mean, yeah, 33. I'm like, what? You are. That, that person is not old. No, um, no. I, I have seen recently a, a number of people coming into the lifestyle in their 60s oh god yeah all right and and starting to explore this so you know there, no there's no age limit you don't have to be a certain age to ride the ride and nobody is <laughs> first of all if anybody is judging you for how old you are because figuring out your kinky that they have just shown themselves to be a raging asshole mm-hmm. because the reality is is the vast majority of people that you're going to come across especially like a munch Regardless of what their age is now, they probably did not start exploring on some level until they were older. Yeah. Sometimes it's post-divorce. Sometimes it's after some like wild thing in life happens. Sometimes it's after a milestone birthday and they go, fuck this shit. I'm going to go live my life. Right. You know, all kinds of things happen to us in life from childhood going forward that inhibit us in some way and for Plenty of people that involves our sex life, our kink life, exploring things that the world has been telling you in overt and very subtle ways is deviant and wrong. And what the hell's wrong with you for wanting this? Like, it takes a pretty strong person to overcome that and go, you know what? Fuck what everybody's been telling me and teaching me and showing me. I'm going to forge my own path. And for many of us, that comes after, certainly after our 20s. Like, I. I hear people go, I would love to be, to do my twenties again. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. With the wisdom of my forties and more money, maybe, maybe. but to do a, re- be that, no, no, I was, no, uh-uh. I probably, if I had known then what I know now could have had better sex, but <laughs> I don't want to be that uncertain, desperately trying to figure out my way in life, but definitely sure I was not quite getting it right ball of fucking nerves like i'm still a ball of nerves we know this but (laughs) 32 year old me could go you know what i'm gonna write about my sex life on the internet 22 year old me would have been like we can't even write that down in a private journal what are you talking about like we're not even gonna think those (laughs) thoughts let alone communicate them 
to however many people might find it on the internet. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, and I know, again, that's not universally true. Everybody, you know, w- goes through life in their own path and their own time, but I just have met so many people. Something about those early 30s, whether it's 30 or 32 mm-hmm. or 35, something about the 30s, that's where a lot of people kind of go, let's do something different. What, what I've been doing hasn't been working. Mm-hmm. And so the, the reality is, is when you go to a munch, unless you happen to be in a community where the vast majority of the community just happens to be younger, I'm thinking of Gainesville. When we go to a community event in Gainesville, I'm the grandma in the room sometimes. <laughs> like, it's been a while <laughs> since I've been, but it was... It's now a strange feeling to go, you could be my child. I'm, you know, I'm officially at that age, yeah. right? Those communities might have a different, that might skew a little different because they are younger because mm-hmm. it's a, a town with lots of younger people. But in other communities where you're walking in and you're like, oh shit, that person could be my dad. Okay. <laughs> it's a good chance that most of the people in that room were, yeah. 30s, 40s later before they figured it out. Nobody's judging you for that. And if they are judging you for that, they're the asshole. Right. So, yeah. And please, look, can we stop calling 30s older as far as King's <laughs> is concerned? I just need y'all to stop, okay? I plan to still be doing this shit when I'm in my 70s and 80s. Like, I might be rolling up there in my walker or nudging you in your wheelchair or whatever we're doing. I don't know. But, like, I plan to, like, I still don't want to, okay, if I, in my 80s, I am feeling compelled to go to a munch i'm gonna be a little cranky (laughs) but (laughs) like i want to do this until i just physically mentally emotionally cannot like when i'm dead i want to stop doing Mm -hmm. whatever we're doing yeah so yeah let's let's fuck off with that notion that there's too old for this and please for the love of god if you're in your 30s stop calling yourself an elder kingster if you want to call yourself an elder kingster, I mean, you can call yourself whatever the fuck you want. But those of us who are older than you, we are giving you side eye. <laughs> 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 like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? I don't even, like, I'm not even, I think it's okay. Like, I would call you an elder kingster, not because you're in your 60s, but because you've been a part of your community and lifestyle and been actively trying to figure out this kink thing for yourself for about 20 years now. A little mm-hmm. over Better. now, right? Yeah. I think in that in that vein, you're an elder kingster. Like you remember a time before Fifty Shades, and you remember a time <laughs> before you there was Fat Life and before the internet. Well, <laughs> right. So <laughs> I don't even. I feel weird. I have to. I, I just realized, like the past few months, that I've understood myself to be a kingster and started exploring kink for ten years now. Mm-hmm. And yet, I don't. I understand. I'm experienced in on that level 10 years yeah. is not nothing but i still feel like i've got so much to fucking learn, learn. yeah you know so i wouldn't call myself I'm, an elder I'm, kingster i'm still i'm still learning um you know i thought it was funny a uh, number of months back somebody the first time at the month they were in their early 20s um called me a veteran <laughs> oh god how does that feel uh it was weird it, it was a weird feeling so yeah just 33 is not too old yeah no not at all you shouldn't get any judgment at all if Mm -mm. you do they're the asshole right and also yeah i'd like there's something about those 30s where you go fuck it Mm -hmm. and then 40s if you are the type of person to have that personality shift a little bit where you finally go fuck it if you did it in your 30s 40s becomes even easier like i 
I still had lots of fucks in my 30s. I have fewer fucks to give mm, in my 40s. Excuse me. So I'm hoping for, for even maybe no fucks in my yeah. 50s. Yeah. Okay, so next one. Uh, oh, God, this one. This is technically really quick and simple. Okay. Uh, it also, like, made my eye twitch. So. Uh-oh. Using a purse considered to be, air quote, not submissive. Huh? Okay, so I've been in the DS lifestyle for 20 years now. While I understand that over time, things within the lifestyle can change, I have never heard of this being a thing, so I wanted to get some input on it. The other day, I was talking to a friend of mine who used to be in the lifestyle for many years. I was telling him how excited I was to get the new purse that I ordered from Amazon. His reply was, your dom is letting you have a purse? Why would she let you have a purse? All that's going to do is distract you from your tasks slash duties when you're with her out in the community. Having a purse also makes you not appear very submissive as it should be your dominance responsibility to carry any financial things you need like cash, cards, IDs, etc. Your focus should be on her, not fumbling around with things in a purse. Fuck right all the way off. <laughs> This is giving wow. one true way energy. Yeah. That is, it's, yeah. it's the same level of there's only one right way. Oh, a submissive's not allowed to carry a fucking purse. First of all, if I don't carry the purse, where is JB going to put all the things he wants me to carry? There you go. Quite frankly. I, I was going to say, um, as, as my submissive, when she has a purse, I'm like, oh, hey, baby girl, here carry this for me i actually got you carrying a leather bag of your own because i was like i love you so much i'm really I fucking tired of carrying your shit but it, you know, my my stuff was heavy too so i can't deny that a purse <laughs> you want to know what else? this is the same energy also as dominance can't perform oral sex on their partner that makes them not dominant yeah you're a dumbass if you think that i'm so sorry <laughs> you know i don't usually say things like that <laughs> but i'm gonna say it okay I, if nobody's told you you're a dumbass let me be the one uh, i would like you to go sit with your dumbass self why you think these kinds of things would ever be true why you would then spout them off to anybody right? else as if what you believe in what you might do in your dynamic is what anybody else is supposed to fucking do in theirs. Yeah. And then I'd like you to fuck all the right way off. Just go, just go. And come back when you're less of a fucking dumbass. That is what I'm going to say to that. What? Yeah. What? What? I, know. I mean, that, what? That, that was pretty much my first reaction. Um, you know, what the fuck? Wow. Anything can be turned into a submissive item or a submissive task or a dominant item or mm -hmm. a dominant like form of control, any fucking thing. So if in your dynamic, you don't want your submissive or your submissive is willing to not carry a bag mm -hmm. or carry their own wallet so that you the dominant can be in charge of that and you negotiate that and they consent to it and you're realistic about it because sometimes you're really going to want them to have be able to like pull out their own goddamn id uh <laughs> fine on the other hand if you're like actually it's an act of service if you carry this big ass bag baby girl and i'm gonna hand you all my fucking shit <laughs> Y'all, before right. he got his own very nice leather bag, it's gorgeous. I don't have a bag that's as worth as much as his leather bag, okay? You've had it five years, it At still least, yeah. smells like leather. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. beautiful. Anyway, before he got the bag, baby girl, can you hold my wallet? Can you hold my vape? Can you hold my phone? 
Can you hold my sunglasses? Cause maybe we weren't in the car anymore. Oh, can you hold the little bottles of vape juice? Cause I'll need to refill. Oh, I'm carrying this little multi-tool. Cause we're, can, my, per, I don't carry a lot of shit in my mm-hmm. purse. It's my wallet, it's my phone. Maybe a couple little things like I, the rest mm, of it was okay? mine. The re- and it, if you want to negotiate that as an active service and you do that, you get to fucking do that. And you know what? Right. If if you want to do neither of those things to be like, carry your goddamn bag, I'll carry my own bag. We're two adult mm-hmm, ass people mm-hmm. who can carry your own shit. You get to do that too. Are fucking kidding me? I know. I know. I mean, oh. yeah, you know, I, I can see it if that's something they want in their relationship. But then to just say and, that everybody but, has to. But that to, everybody has to, yeah, is is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Just no. Just fuck you. Horse you rode in on. <laughs> just get your own goddamn bag. Just move the fuck on. Right, okay. right. That was easy. Okay, this is our last one. Okay. And it's very similar to the, it's similar vibes to a previous okay. one. Okay, all right. Middle-aged little. Mm-hmm. In the past six months or so, I've unlocked a daddy kink. Welcome. Mm. I'm a 43-year-old woman leaving a toxic and emotionally abusive marriage. I don't age regress, but I enjoy the tender dominance uh, of or a daddy in and out of the bedroom. Rest assured, not my husband. Why rest assured? I don't. Meh. Mm. Anyway, uh, I guess my issue is looking for a daddy and coming out for a caregiver little relationship. It seems that everyone is so young. Either the daddies are young, 25 to 30, or they're looking for young, under 25. I've read that BDSM, especially caregiver little, is a state of mind. But if that's the case, what's this geriatric little supposed to do? Not to shock anyone, but at 43, things are not as firm or as perky as they used to be. But why should that exclude me from the kink I crave? It doesn't. I want to know where you've been finding these people because yes, they exist. I have have been on the internet before. I have definitely Mm -hmm. seen 19 year old daddies. And while that won't do it for me, it'll (laughs) do it for somebody else. And so no judgment, even though, I, I got questions, but da- daddy is a vibe. Caregiver is a vibe. It doesn't, yeah. age doesn't mean anything. Little can be a vibe too, okay? So, but yes, there will be younger people looking for even younger partners. Mm-hmm. That's always going to be true, okay? But I need to know where this person's hanging out that they have they have believed that they're geriatric. I know. Little. Honey, you are, a, I'm almost 43, so you're less than a year older than me. I am not a fucking geriatric little. I'm I'm still fighting off the idea of middle-aged, even though when I do the math, I'm definitely middle-aged, but I don't fucking like it. Progressive <laughs> lenses and high blood pressure and all, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I know that a lot of people in the caregiver little space, especially who are on the little side, mm-hmm. when they're new will be like, but I'm older. You're doesn't, right, but if daddy's a vibe, then little's a vibe. Doesn't mean squat. That means shit, okay? Right. Because whether you even whether you age or grass or not does not matter. It's uh, it's exactly what this person. So I identify very strongly with what this person is looking for because it's the kind of thing that I unknowingly was mm-hmm. looking for, and I think that there are plenty of people uh, regardless of age who would identify with this. And there will be little's who age or grass and they will have slightly different parameters that they're looking for, but this, you know, the tender dominance, yes, please, guess what? Those people exist of all age ranges. Mm-hmm. All, sure they do. All age ranges and all genders, because daddy's a wife, okay? 
So of course, if 33 is not too old for fucking kink, then 43 is sure as shit not too old to figure out your little side. But sometimes we gotta expand our horizons about where we're looking for folks. True. You know, if you're, like, I don't have experience with dating apps and I am so fucking grateful I don't because it sounds from every, awful. From everything I've heard about dating apps, it's it's a, it's a it, scary. It sounds like my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I understand that if you get into spaces, whether it's an app or it's a certain part of the internet or a certain side mm. of a platform, and you feel like you're surrounded by all the same type of person, it's easy to believe that that's all that's out there. Uh-uh. Um, it might be that older people are going to the munch or they're going to a club or they're just not where you're currently hanging out online to find potential partners, or they're not in the groups that you're in online. Like if, if you don't, if, if, the place you're in doesn't have the people you're looking for, then it's time to go find a new place to be. Right. And that's easier said than done. I get it. I get it. Okay. Um, but but we're out we're out here. And you're not oh, yeah. fucking geriatric at age forty three. No. I cannot allow myself to believe that because I'm about to be forty three. <laughs> there's 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 nothing nothing on the clubhouse door of BDSM that says you have to be a certain age to join. Right. You don't have to be a certain height to ride the ride or a right. certain age. Uh, legal. Well, le- yeah. That's that's the minimum. Right. Right. So yeah, and I think I think part of it is recognizing two things at the same time. One. That all of it's kind of a vibe. Like there's, mm-hmm. there are specific activities you can engage in in any part of power dynamics. And, you know, sure, sure. That's what a master does. That's what a daddy does. That's what a, yeah. like, whatever. But it's also the vibe of a person. So absolutely somebody in their 20s, technically even somebody 19, can give off daddy vibes. And at the same time, you could be like, yes, but also I, at whatever age I am, want a partner in a different age range. And that can also be true at the same time. Um, we have a, a very dear friend. I don't, I haven't talked to her in a very long time, but the last time she and I talked about finding a partner, she'd gone out looking specifically for people who called themselves daddy and was for several years, very disappointed. And I finally said, I, there's no guarantee this will work, but how about you go for the type of person who's given off the vibe fuck what they call themselves. You can talk to them about whether they would be okay with being called daddy later or it, like point them in the direction of here's here's what caregiver little mm-hmm. is and let them, you know, gauge their own interests, but you really want the vibe, right? Like I know plenty of people who call themselves daddy that, "Oh, no, thank you. Uh, you are not as good as the gross chew, uh, gum on the bottom of my shoe. Thanks. Like you can call yourself any fucking thing you want. Yeah. Can you actually be it? And she was running into a lot of people who liked a title, but didn't like any of the responsibility. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. So and you walk the walk and not just talk the talk. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. But I need these people to stop calling themselves too damn old for king. I like know, I just, I know, I know. I, we, we got to stop this shit. Mm-hmm. I understand. And this is uh, not scientific. There's no actual, I'm sure there is data behind it, but I've never like, I don't have the real like hardcore data. I know that our audience skews a little bit older. Like I know younger people mm-hmm. listen and watch and I, yeah. I'm, I think that's great. If I can help you avoid 
having to be 32 before you fucking knew how to have an orgasm and call yourself a submissive. I want to help <laughs> do that. But anecdotally, I know our audience skews a little bit older. <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping that some of these older people who just, they're in spaces where everybody's younger than them will like, whether it's us or somebody else whose audience skews a little bit older and the king's so it's like, <laughs> Come, come to our pool party, okay? We're cool kids too, <laughs> and we will also commiserate with you when you know uh, body parts start not working quite right anymore yeah, due yeah. to age and weight. That thing you could do when you're in your twenties, you cannot do anymore. <laughs> Let's learn how to do new things. And also, I don't have fucking time for games because apparently I'm a geriatric baby girl <laughs> 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 Just has run out of fucking time and patience for this shit. Like. Again, the shit I would have put up with in my 20s will never fly in my 40s. Like, mm. You're fucking kidding me. True, true. Uh, and I think that's a little bit of the benefit of getting older. Thank you very much. So, yeah. Uh, if you come across yourself, anybody who online in the spaces you're inhabiting and they're complaining that they feel like the oldest person in the room, let them know there there are spaces out there for them. We're, we're here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, those were the uh, Reddit posts that were sent, and one or two that I found myself. Um, Thank you, Silent Wing. Thank you, Delicate Twine, for sending those. If you frequent the BDSM side of Reddit, uh, there's a contact page on the Loving BDSM website. You can just send us a link, and I will try not to lose it and save it over (laughs) next time we do these. Um, That is it. Um... A short little bonus section? Oh, yeah. I've already lost what words are. <laughs> okay. All right. So are, are we are we good? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either, but with some interesting questions and know. You know, some conversation. I'm pretty sure there are about 10 million things I meant to say or should be saying and have not, and it's one of those days. I know. Uh-huh. I know. Okay. okay. Keep, Keep it kinky, kinky y'all. y'all. We will not see you next week, but we will see you the week after. Yes, baby girl. My daughter, the crickets, please. Hmm. An interesting question. I think it should be put up for debate. (laughs) Do you really want to debate me? Right now, at this point in time, no. Right. I mean, there are times when nobody wants to debate me, not because I'm the smartest in the room or even the best debater, but because I can keep talking even when everybody else has run out of words. That's true. I'm not making any fucking sense while I'm doing it. (laughs) But but the the words are still spewing. Yes. I know that all too well. I will let everybody ride my train of thought around the track a few times and I'll win by default. (laughs) Didn't make the strongest argument. Just by, all right, Just all right, enough <laughs> already, enough. <laughs> Go ahead and talk to the crickets, girl. Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so let me do a quick check-in because somebody was low energy and not feeling well, even though I think what he does is use the last ounce of his energy to beat my ass, and I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you feeling? Um, like I could go take a nap. Well, maybe you should, because somebody was a nice, nice lady and offered to go get the thirteen-year-old from school today. I have work to do, and I'm I'm gonna miss a day tomorrow too. And yes, because what are we doing tomorrow? We're pampering ourselves yes, for the first time done in literal years. years. 
We uh, it, yeah. we had hoped to have done this in, I think we were trying to do it in August before school started back, but they were booked solid for several weeks. So we're getting a couple's massage. We have not had one of those since before we moved in together. Mm-hmm. Pre-2014 was the last time we got a couple's massage. And we're getting like super deluxe ultimate, like they're pulling out all the stops. We're paying for the very expensive uh, pedicures together. We have not gotten those since pre-pandemic because the last time we tried to go get pedicures together, the um, one of the men who worked at the nail salon shamed you or yeah. attempted to attempted shame to you. Attempted to shame me, yeah. Yeah, you were like, you can't fucking shame me, but right. you can annoy the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll never give you business again, and I'll be sure to tell others yep. about it. <laughs> and then the pandemic hit, and everything kind of closed down, and we didn't have any money right then either because things were happening and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And so I didn't worry about trying to find someone, and even after everything opened up, and then I was like, ugh. I would like a pedicure. Would you like a pedicure? And it was so funny because you were like, not at that fucking place. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. I stopped going there uh, yeah, after that used, as well because there were other yeah. issues, but mostly I couldn't even stand to look at that particular person's little beady face. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, we found a place that kind of does it all and they even advertise on their site that they do couples things. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. it is not unusual yeah. for, you know, somebody to call up and be like, I'm, right. can I bring my husband? You know, so <laughs> we uh, we scheduled that weeks ago, yeah. um, paid the deposit. Now the appointment's on Thursday. All, we, we accidentally double booked ourselves. Our ice maker in the refrigerator is finally getting fixed. Yeah, uh, we, we finally broke down and called the repairman out to look at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, after I went online and scoured numerous YouTube videos about ice makers and what you can do to troubleshoot, and everything I did to troubleshoot came to no avail, so I got tired of hauling bags of ice. Yeah, we. I think we said last did we talk about this last week where basically all of the life annoyances that we've kept putting off we're doing them all at once yeah this is one of them um and when they came out and diagnosed the problem uh there's a heating element in ice makers it's what allows the ice to melt just enough to come off of the thing that makes the ice mm-hmm. that doesn't work comes out of the ice trays yeah where right. um in technical terms insert them here i don't know anyway so they were like, oh, we have to order the part. We'll come back in a week, blah, blah, blah. Set the schedule. We're both standing there when yeah. the person goes Thursday between 11 and 1. We both go, okay. Now, granted, I was scrolling on my phone, so I probably was not listening that closely. <laughs> and then it was like, we got through the whole damn weekend and into Monday, and I'm looking at the family calendar that someone assigned me the task of making so we could keep up with everybody's fucking schedules. And... I went, oh, shit, no, between 11 and 1, we'll be doing something else, and I am not rescheduling that. (laughs) No. It took six or eight weeks, seven weeks to get it, like something crazy was wild. Yeah, something like that you told me, yeah. And so, yeah, because I was calling at the end of July, hoping to get in in August, and not until September. Anyway, um, and so we called, and so now they're coming tomorrow between 3 and 5, which gives us Mm -hmm. plenty of time. Our appointment for our massage is at 11 pedicures are at noon please feed me at one then we'll come home and it'll be fine <laughs> yeah um so yeah we're i'm i'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it um everything from the past year has finally been catching up to me oh god yeah and not in a good way mm-hmm so yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to it, and yet my anxiety is like 
ramping up a little bit because it's been so many years since I got a massage. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I know what to do. Well, I know what to say. What if, like, what will this be like? What do you mean I'm going to let a stranger touch me? Like, <laughs> I'll be fine because you'll be there, but it's yeah. still a thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's coming. Um, but, yeah, we're looking forward to that. And then we're busting ass on Friday <laughs> to make up for, yeah. for not working on Thursday. Yep. Um, I'm getting my hair done next week while we're off. True, so when we true. come back, it will be the hopefully a better length and the correct shade of purple. <laughs> um, I'm going to do purple this one next time. And then I think I'm going to change up the color. I cannot decide if I want to go to blue mm. or if I want to go to like a magenta E hot pink kind yeah. of color. I haven't decided. Um, we did also decide, assuming we enjoy ourselves at this yeah. massage and we like the vibe of the place and the people, we will schedule to the best of our abilities, based on their availability, another massage after the holiday season when we take that two week break because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a great problem to have. We are going to be balls to the wall busy for the holiday yeah. season because somebody makes really good fucking kinky toys and people seem to like them and i am a goofball on the fucking internet and people seem to like that and we find the people who think the toys are good and that we're hilarious and they go sure i'll buy a thing and they're buying things and we're about to be very fucking busy it's i'm so excited like i have to put a supply order in today for boxes that (laughs) might get us through the holiday season and my geeky ass self is like yes i get to order boxes (laughs) i'm so excited we ordered a tape dispenser <laughs> like an actual investment in a tape dispenser and i'm like I, I i love this thing and i would marry it if you could marry an inanimate object and i was not already married uh, i'm happy to be in a non-monogamous relationship with you and my tape dispenser <laughs> so okay okay anyway well, <laughs> so yeah. yeah we got stuff going on <laughs> Yeah, so you have a hair appointment next week. I have a doctor's appointment I have, next well, week. Well, I have lab work, but yeah, yeah I sort of yeah. have a doctor's appointment next thanks, week. Thanks to this person here, um, finally switch doctors. Well, you had done the thing that I do, and I recognize it when other people do it, because I do it. You had built it up in your head that it was going to be harder and more, and made you yeah. more anxious, because the doctor he had was just, d- didn't listen didn't actually explain anything to him. Like, just the vibe was off. And I went to one of your appointments and went, oh, God, I yeah. can't wait to leave. He's not even my doctor. I, I, I specifically wanted her to come with me because I want, you know, am I overreacting with this? Am I, Knowing you, know, you the way I do? No, you're not. So we needed to transfer care. And we yeah. go to a doctor's office that has multiple doctors. It's really, really easy to do it, but you just have to do it. And you had gotten kind of in your head about calling to say, I want to make an appointment, but I want to transfer care. And then I used their online portal messaging system because I knew I needed to set an appointment as long as having all the headaches, but I did not have the battery power to make a phone call. I was like, I just can't, I just don't have it in me to make this phone call and talk about this. So I went on the online portal and saw that you could message to request an appointment and I did it and it was seamless. Like within a day I had it scheduled, it was fine. So I was like, wait, one, uh, JB, I have your login for your online portal. <laughs> <laughs> Two, let's see if we can do this. And so it took a little bit more back and forth, which was so funny because 
I'm in his online appointment portal, patient portal thing for this office, but he's getting the email notification. So I was like, I'll handle it, but you gotta let me know if, and he would go, I got an email from him. He, nothing, wouldn't go click, I'd go, okay. And I'd go in and they'd have a follow-up question. And so uh, <laughs> we tried to transfer you to one doctor. She's no longer at the office. Right. So then got you into the, and it even says on the appointment, a transfer of care appointment, you know, here's like basic yeah. whatever. And didn't have to speak to a soul, took essentially the equivalent of five minutes because of the time it took to actually send the message done. And the moment it was done and I could say it was done, I, like I could see your shoulders go from around your ears to like back to where they're supposed yeah. to be. It's like, but I get it. Like, it's so easy to build up what you think it's going to be like in your head that you then don't want to do it at all because you want to avoid mm -hmm. whatever you think it's going to be like. And I was yeah. like, there's got to be an easier way. I mean, I've, I've had experiences with doctors where, you know, so you kind of have to advocate for yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For okay. Sure. But this guy was just like. I, right or wrong from this person's multi-decade experience working with patients when we called to make the initial appointment for eat for ourselves at this doctor's office and i said i need to make an appointment for my husband mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. they did what i think that they do a lot of times they went, oh we'll put him with this doctor this doctor sees a lot of men like it was oh man man here and so i if that is how at this practice they have done that to him mm -hmm, then i think mm -hmm. that he based on his experience with lots of men, expects men to behave a certain way, which that's not fair to everybody else because we're all individuals right. and like stop treating everybody like a stereotype or a cliche, first of all. But second of all, he strikes me as one of those doctors who has the been there, done that. I've done this so long. I already know what the answer is. I don't even have to ask a lot of questions. So I already know how you're gonna react and I'm gonna talk to you a certain way. This is how I get through to my male patients. Yeah. And maybe that works with some of them. I would bet it does not work with as many as he thinks it does. Right. But it it not only didn't work with you, it made you not want to go get yourself checked out. You, prior to this doctor, you're the reason I was getting um, annual like lab work and, and mm -hmm. well checks, not for like gynecology, like I've done that, but like everything else, I'd never gotten my cholesterol tested until I met JB and he was like, but I go every year to the same doctor. And this guy put you off so badly that you're like two years overdue, I think. I know, yeah. I mean, he even was like, you might need to take, you know, you seem to have slightly high cholesterol. You Maybe you need to go on high cholesterol medicine that's not how the guy said it, but I no. think that was his intent. But he said it in such a way you were like, I no, no. He basically told me I'd be dead before I walked out of the office. Right. <laughs> like, so you had all of that. And it has meant that at a time when taking care of our health to the best of our ability and accessibility is extremely important. You've not wanted to do that for the right. first time in your adult fucking mm -hmm. life. That's bad health care. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So you're going to see my doctor who mm -hmm. um, I like her a lot because she listens. Right. She, we, I was in there for all my headaches, which are partly related to needing the new glasses because I needed progressives, whatever, whatever, but also huh, high blood pressure. And then finally I had high blood pressure medicine, even though I have fought that shit. <laughs> but, and it seems to be working and the headaches are going away and or I'm not having those frequently, let's put it that way. but. While in there, I talked about a whole host of other symptoms and perimenopause and I'm, my OB, 
my gynecologist is no longer at the office I had been seeing her at. So I either have to find a new one or try to follow her around the state. <laughs> I don't know where she's going into practice uh, next. So I was talking to my primary care about this and about my symptoms. And she's like, I really want you to see your gynecologist about this. I don't feel comfortable doing all this. Um, and then we were, we were going into that and we're talking about all of these things. And never once did she say, you know, if you lost a few pounds, these symptoms might go away. They wouldn't. It's perimenopause. Okay. <laughs> but like, she talked to me about the thing I was in there to talk to her about. And she sat and she listened and she made eye contact as I spoke. I was like, I, I like you. I like yeah. you. She explained what the high blood pressure medicine would do for me other than just reduce my blood pressure. Because in practically speaking i don't give a shit i don't know my blood pressure from moment to moment but mm -hmm. i know my symptoms i know i have excruciating right. headaches i know i have this i have that i just that's we all deserve doctors like that but we don't yeah. all get them right so right you you are getting one yeah yep so so that's what yep, we're doing I'll over be, the course of the next couple weeks I'll, I'll be off to the doctor next week um we went to Barnes and Noble past weekend. We now have a spending problem at Barnes and Noble. It's the yeah. second time we've gone in, in not a long <laughs> span of time, and we've spent over a hundred dollars mm -hmm. each time. That's we went from never buying books that weren't ninety nine cents and only getting them from the library right. or buying them for ninety nine cents to going to Barnes and Noble. But we 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 have we have discovered a, a good number of books that you know we want to own we we want to own and have um, one of the books that I got was the new Stephen King fairy tale yes and you tend to ebooks you fly through oh yeah physical books tend to take you longer a little bit yeah this well because you fall asleep while you're reading them. true this one I'm like. I, by the weekend, I might get to actually read it. Yeah, this this book has. I mean, I'm a fan of Stephen King. I've read most of his writing, and and I I I love his writing, and this book has totally engrossed me. Oh my God, you're like um, we're not watching Star Trek tonight. Yeah, I'm sitting here reading. I books. I mean, prior prior to getting these books, I I had been uh, binging uh, uh, Star Trek: Strange New worlds mm -hmm. and while it is formulaic in the in the star trek genre i've been enjoying it he only said that because i said well, i only want to watch a little bit at a time because it's formulaic and so yeah. i get bored with the formula and his face went i mean it is but but that's what i like about right <laughs> right i mean the one the one difference i've noticed in it mm. the red shirts don't die it's true yeah. Not a lot of people. Well, people die, but it's usually the other people. Yeah, it's not the red shirts. Or now, <laughs> wait. There was there was the guy who had been helping to fly the Enterprise, and he got left behind when they had to cut off access to part of the ship when they powered it down. And I can't remember who the fight was with the Gorn. Yeah, was he wearing a red shirt? Because he was Ooh, the only one to die. I don't know. I don't remember he was now. A red shirt. Don't know. Don't remember I now. I think a red shirt died. Yeah. But um, I I have been really really enjoying fairy tale. Um, you know, 
I one of the things I really love about Stephen King and, and one of the things he has done extremely well in this book is he is an excellent world builder. Mm. And as as a reader, um, I I become invested in the characters mm-hmm. in the book, and and that's something that I really, you know, look for in a book, and and I I have found it in this. Well, and that makes me feel good because when we we went to this. To the store and bought so many books. Mm-hmm. I finally joined the Barnes and Noble Club membership club, <laughs> and it's paid for itself already. So it's worth yeah. it. Except we were never going before, so has it really paid for itself, or are we spending more money than usual? <laughs> anyway, I've justified it. It paid for itself. Anyway, um, we actually also bought. Um, is it eleven? Is it eleven twenty two sixty three or eleven twenty three sixty two? I can't remember the mm-hmm. full name of the Stephen yeah. King book, but we read it years ago. We got right. it from the library. And even though I don't remember all the details of that book anymore. Well, I, I have it in ebook. Oh, well, I, no, I read yeah. it. I got it from the library. Okay. Read it, and I wanted a physical copy of the book. Yeah. And we now have it. And I I will reread it. I mean, that, that's another book I would reread in a heartbeat I'm not as a well. rereader either, but a lo- about half the books we've purchased lately have been books we read from mm-hmm. the library or in ebook format. And I went, but we have bookshelves now. I would like to own these books. Right. And so I'm becoming a rereader. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like we bought the Deborah Harkness uh, uh, series whose name now escapes me, but it's about witches. And I love, like I know there are people Discovery who- Discovery of witches? Yeah, I yeah. know there are people who really hate those books. And mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe it's trash, but I love it. Give me more, give me more trash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I- and I have not watched the show. They did an adaptation, and I've right. not seen it. Don't even care to. Um, but yeah, we pulled that book off the shelf. Like, there's that whole Stephen King section in Barnes and Noble, and um, I don't care about the horror stuff. It doesn't like I've tried mm-hmm. to read it. I don't really care. Whatever. Well, I've, whatever. I've read most of it. Yeah, but yeah. we pull this book off, and there is a woman at a couple of shelves down, and it's big honking book. <laughs> yeah, she goes, "That's a big book." I'm like holy shit it is i'm like but it's so good it's worth it and i was like and did i just become a person in a bookstore who talks to strangers and gushes about books and encourages people to read them also though i'm being reminded the bookstore is like my happy place because we walked in that time and the first person who happened to just look up and be like a human being in the bookstore with me immediately went, oh, my God, I love your hair. That purple is so cute. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and then the, the next person we happened, they weren't, they didn't come up to us to talk to us. They were just in the vicinity. I'm showing uh, you that book a call uh, by Jeanette McCurdy. I'm glad my mother died. Yeah. And I'm going to get that from the library, but I would like to read it. I'm like, I've heard this is really good. And I'm talking about all the reviewers that have said it was and really then good. And somebody. Some rando ladies like, it's start, so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I'm telling that woman about this Stephen King. And I'm like, who, who am I and who am I becoming? I don't know. Introverts unite at the bookstore. Only at the bookstore. The last time I went to the bookstore and spent a lot of money there, too. (laughs) um, I got into a conversation in the line with a lady who, before we got into a conversation, her resting bitch face game is strong. Because I was standing there going, oh, my God, this woman's a bitch from hell. Which makes me wonder what she was thinking uh, while looking upon my resting bitch face. And next thing I know, because we're each holding these like major stacks of books and she's talking about an author she loves. And I'm like, oh, well, I like um, 
who was I telling her about? Diana Gabaldon in the Outlander series. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I've i owned it. And then I gave it away. And then my mom bought me the, and I'm telling her how I bought them again. And I own them again. I'm going to reread them. And she goes, oh, I've had to do that before. And we're like, just basking in each other's bookishness. <laughs> well, I, at that time, I was profusely sweating because it was very heavy books that I was carrying around. <laughs> um, and I just, both times I walk out of the Barnes and Noble going, who am I? Who am I becoming? What is happening here? <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, I see a question from something. Thank, Thank you. you. 112263 is the name of the book. It's an excellent read. It will be a reread for me. And something says, for all the books you guys push, have you set up an Amazon affiliates page on your site yet? Uh, Amazon affiliates kicked us out of their program a few years ago. Yeah. Um, we are affiliates with bookshop.org. And I put books that we recommend, but I never, I don't promote those links. And mm-hmm. I have not updated the books we recommend in a very long time. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we tried to be an Amazon affiliate and they kicked us out of the program because we were too explicit, even though loving BDSM, well, clearly we talk about kink and we get into the details and the weeds is not, we were pornographic and I'm like, what? We don't, (laughs) we don't do that here. Yeah, no. So, but bookshop.org, yeah. That's mm-hmm. if, especially if you're trying to get away from like buying from Amazon and you'd prefer not to and whatever, whatever bookshop.org I've purchased from them before too. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Well, we're going to mm-hmm. stop. I know for folks who are not readers, you're like, Oh God, I'm so bored. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> if you're curious, what do we read? I love historical fiction, mm-hmm. um, fantasy, some young adult, but not a lot. I'm currently finishing up a sci-fi fantasy series by Valerie Valdez. Mm-hmm which is so much fun. Uh, it's like reading an action movie, like so fast paced and there's like shit happening and I fucking love it. Um, and then like the odd, like, I don't really do contemporary much. It's rare. Um, I like some Stephen King, like there's some authors yeah. that I like. Um, I like paranormal stuff to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. What's your I'm, go-to I'm, genres? I'm a, I'm a big sci-fi mm-hmm. reader. I uh, love most sci-fi books, uh, fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, some young adult, mm-hmm. and um, not a whole lot of horror genre, but definitely uh, uh, Stephen King and Dean Koontz mm-hmm. fan. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, and I'm a romance reader, but I don't really like contemporary romance. Historical. Mm-hmm. I like to feel like I'm learning something while I'm being entertained. I'm mean, mm-hmm. you're not really learning anything. <laughs> it's fiction, but it makes me feel like I'm learning something. Also, I've realized I enjoy reading historical fiction because it's not anxiety producing. Those people are already dead. I know what the ultimate outcome is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How we get there is the interesting yeah. bit. Um, yeah, I had to learn that the hard way about why I like historical, why I'm drawn to historical fiction. Mm-hmm. But I'm really tired of reading World War II historical fiction. I won't even touch them right now. I'm like burned out anyway we've yeah. gone completely off track and as mm-hmm. Solomon rightly points out we get into books during the friday night hangouts yeah. and maybe we'll do a bit of a show and tell of some of the books we've purchased recently mm-hmm. if anybody is interested um we should go yeah okay okay thanks for being here to the bitter thanks end for joining us hopefully we'll see here talk to you how does that work uh for the friday night hangout mm-hmm. um if you miss the september 2022 friday night hangout we do these on or try to on the third friday of every month. Every once in a while we have to shift a schedule, but for the mm-hmm. most part we're pretty consistent. Hmm. We should go now. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye.